When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents The Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. Welcome back to the first episode of Betches Brides in 2023. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and to start off the new year, we are joined again by Betches' very own Amanda Duberman. So for those who are new, we had Amanda on this podcast back in May, and we discovered her non-negotiables, which obviously was some good food, her many DIY projects, and how she wanted to incorporate some personal touches to the day. The wedding was held in October, and now we are finally getting the long-awaited recap. So welcome, Amanda. Thanks, Sam. I'm so excited to chat with you. You don't work in the New York office, so we don't get to we don't we don't get to gab much. I know. I know. I need to make a trip out. I was in I was there in October. Like mid-October. Oh, of course. For uh, BravoCon, of course. Yeah, BravoCon, Bridal Fashion Week. There was a lot. It was truly like the busiest week. It was so funny. (laughs) I because I'm so Midwest and like I don't think really? I am until I go to New York and I'm like, oh my God. Like it was so funny. I called my boyfriend leaving the office one day and I was like, I am such a city girl. Like I could live here. Like I love the city. And by the and then- last day, I was like, I'm so tired. Like I don't know how people live like Yeah, this. I'm a like, city girl was- drinking wine at 3 p.m. So you're doing great. I right love thing. that. Anyone that yeah. listens to Betch Us Up knows that our second favorite state is Michigan. So Oh my god! We support. Uh, yes, yes. Because of Big Gretch. Because of Big Gretch and like this election this year, like they really, they really, they did really the turned it. They out. really did it. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really. I mean, this is not wedding related at all. But <laughs> know, when I, I went know. to vote, when I went to vote, um, you know, there was like food trucks outside. Like it was like a whole thing. That's awesome. And they were like, Love to hear it. they're like, "Are you voting?" And I was like, "Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't just go into like the public school in like the middle. You know, the in the at five o'clock." And she like handed me a ticket and she was like, okay, well, you know, um, when you come out, you can get like a free like meal. And I was like, that is so nice. Love like, it. Thank you. Yeah. Stan, Michigan for the win. I, I get why you Michigan stay there. Stan. Yeah. Michigan yeah. stands. Okay. Well, congratulations on thank your you. wedding. How do you feel? I feel good. I mean, I guess it's about you feel different. Mm, not really. I think it's about two months out now. People have asked me a lot if I feel different and it's like, it's hard to describe without me wanting to like be offensive to like non-married people because the sort of things that have like changed for me, I think are totally things that can exist in a relationship if you do not get married. Um, there's just sort of, I noticed once like it was finally done, like I just felt like, because I always wanted to get married. And so I just felt like a little bit more confident as a person, like we did it, wow. we pulled it off. Like that's a huge life thing that it's like, yeah. you know, on the list of like, you know, college, if you want to, are fortunate enough. And then like first job and promotions is like, okay, check. Like, I feel like I'm like halfway through life now. So I just felt a little bit more. There's, there is like a slight, I feel like I have a slightly more confidence when I'm like out and about with my wedding ring on. Like I don't get hit on to and fro, but it's just kind of nice to be like, I'm I'm done with all this, you know? Yeah. Like, you feel um, maybe more grounded yeah. in the world. The, wor- the word I'm trying to avoid using is accomplished. I feel like you got it. Yeah, right. grounded okay. in the world. Exactly. Because okay. I don't grounded think getting married in the world. is an accomplishment at all. But yeah, I just felt a little bit more like settled. I was very stressed yeah. about it. I think that if you're a woman that wants to get married, you always know it's going to be like a big ordeal. So, mm-hmm. and you know, we just, we pulled it off. So I feel like a slightly more confident person, a slightly more settled person. Glad, yeah, it's glad kind things of- over. 
if that is something that you want, which if you're listening to this podcast, it's it is. Um, so I feel pretty Fair. confident <laughs> yeah. in our audience here. I but, need to forget um, I'm not on set and I'm literally the most like politically <laughs> correct person. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is a bride podcast. You're literally <laughs> talking to people who are getting married. Um, is like it's always kind of hanging over your head and not even in a bad way, but you're always just kind of wondering like, when will it happen? Is it mm-hmm. going to happen? Right. Should it happen? Like, what will the person I marry look like? Like, that's it's, so it's interesting, mm-hmm. you know, that like when it actually does happen, you're like, oh my God, like, I never have to think about this. Exactly. Yeah. That was definitely that sort of like came over me in a stronger sense than I expected to because nothing about our lives wow. changed. Mike and I right. were together for, we've been together seven years. We were, we've been domestic partners for a long time because health insurance is trash. Yeah. <laughs> so there yeah. wasn't like, I also think that's why he took so long to propose. He was like, we're already like, she's already on my insurance. We're already linked. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't, there wasn't much in our relationship that changed, but I did feel, like you said, just like a little bit more, okay, that's behind me. I'm ready to sort of uh, maybe a little bit more like an adult just because that very adult thing was was done. Yeah, check. Check, check. exactly. Checkmate, literally. Literally, literally. <laughs> what was your thought thoughts on wedding planning like when you, like before you started really getting into the planning? I think like most people, you sort of talk to brides and Mm -hmm. when they're really overwhelmed and it is hard to imagine like how just a party could be so intense. Um, And then, you know, obviously you get into it because I chose, I think a good example, like I chose not to have a planner. In retrospect, like I think that was the best decision just because of like budget things. We got married in the Mm -hmm. city and just the things that were non-negotiables to us. But um, yeah, it was dramatically more work intensive than I expected. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just as long as I had a strategy, I found that it that it worked. But yeah, wedding planners. I think when you first start to look into how much everything costs, it's very easy mm-hmm. to be you know you get sticker shock. You might get really mad, and then once you sort of take some of these things on yourself, you're like it's worth every penny. Like these people are professionals. I, I knew that before, but you know, you don't really, I did my flowers and you see the price of flowers and you're like, oh my God, how could it be that much money for flowers? It's not for the flowers. It's for the months of strategizing. It's for all the other stuff you have to buy. It's for the maintenance. It's for the hands mm. that are helping you. Um, so yeah, I think when I started, I was like not, I guess I would have been, I guess before I was always so surprised that there was such like a wedding industrial complex for better or for worse. Mm. But now having gone through it, I completely understand why people, you know, outsource absolutely everything. But that being said, it's like a real privilege to do that. It is. I mean, weddings in general are such a privilege. Like no matter right. what your budget is, I really do feel like it. it is such a privilege. But um what are your thoughts on wedding planning now that it's over? Like, are you someone, because I know some brides are like, they're really deep in it. They're like in the trenches. They're, you know, they're planning their wedding. And the moment that they get married, they're like, I never want to talk about a wedding again. Like, I never want to look at another flower. I don't want to, I'm done. Totally, totally. I think that for sure, like the first month after, I didn't want anything to do with anything. But then I think it's very... I mean, I think it's similar to like when you become a new mom, but in a less intense way, you're just like, oh my God, I want to tell everybody the things that I did wrong and that I worried about Mm -hmm. and that you didn't have to worry about. So like they don't have to get, you know, so worked up about this. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, the the before and after, which is I think before I thought like, how hard could it be to throw a party? And I don't mean because it's simple. I just mean like, I'm a smart person, like I can do it. And then I I was able to pull it off to the standards I expected, but Sam, I aged probably 15 years doing it, and there are probably some things going back I would have just let other people It's like handle. when a president goes into office, and when they come out of office, they look like very different people. Right. I'm it's Obama like 2016 now. Yeah. You really are. You're like, I'm really done here. So Yes, yes. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So what is something that you like look back on and you wish that you didn't do? Like didn't you didn't do. spend money on or regret? I, I do, you know, I'm, I really can't decide if I regret doing my flowers. And some people have asked me like, cause I think mm-hmm. a lot of people get that original sticker shock and they think that that's something that they can take on. And like, 
I pulled it off to the standards I set for myself, like my coordinator. And I didn't have a planner, but our event coordinator through our caterer, her name's Evelyn mm-hmm. Carter. She was a dream. I don't know how anyone does anything without her. So I feel like with her and I got a day of coordinator and myself, we sort of like had, you know, we're like half three quarters to a planner. Mm-hmm. Um, the flowers, like I, again, they were extremely expensive, but there is a big part of me that's just like, I wish I, I would have gotten into a little bit more credit card debt just to have enjoyed myself a little bit more. I was working on those flowers for four days up until the moment, like I was putting my bouquet together. I think a, I think what would have helped me had I asked for help, I did not, I did the flowers. Nobody touched a flower but me for a 60 person wedding. Oh I just gosh. didn't have, my family was, my mom and my sister just had responsibilities that they couldn't really leave. And mm-hmm. I, this was my fault. Like I had friends that I could ask. You didn't delegate. I just, I just was like, I don't want, you know, I don't like, right. I don't, I don't like asking people for favors. I was like, I can do it. Yeah. I can do it. And people were very available to me. People helped me the day of, but I, I would have traded some of the DIY stress to have had like a little bit more peace of mind on the day because spending so much time, it's like, you're like, okay, you know, as I was strategizing it in documents, I was like, okay, I I theoretically have enough time, but I didn't Mm -hmm. have enough time to just relax. I didn't have enough time to kind of like work out, which for me makes like a huge difference in my anxiety level. So there were like a lot of, like, Mm -hmm. I definitely very much overextended myself in the four days Mm -hmm. before. So I would have either you know, like just had a very, very simple flower situation um, that I had somebody else do, or I would have Mm -hmm. asked for more help. I honestly think I would have just, I would have had someone do my flowers. So if you're listening and you're considering do your flowers and like, I say go into credit card debt. And I say that because like, it was my part of the budget. Like my, my husband makes the money in our relationship. It was something that we probably could have paid for, but it just, when you see the number, you're like, no, 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 no. It's a shock. I got this. And then as I've said, Mm -hmm. you do it and you're like, you you understand Is it worth everything the mental you're paying anguish? for. Yes, it's it's worth yeah. exactly. It's not. I mean, if you have, I did it through a company called Flower Moxie, and mm-hmm. basically they design the packages. They tell you, you know, how many flowers you might need. They suggest add-ons, and they could tell you all the recipes. It could not be easier. The owner has so many videos that are so easy to follow. I watch so many of them, um, and so I was able to like execute it, you know, pretty well. But yeah, yeah, I just it was not worth. I, I was mostly just thinking about, you know, how much it would like save the budget, not how much it would take away from the four days. You don't think about mm-hmm. just like how having being able to chill is going to affect you on the day of and just leading up. And yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about flowers specifically is like it's not something that you can prep for in right. advance. Exactly. It's really crunch time. You're doing it. And it's like, is that how you want to spend the last four days before you get married is stressed. Exactly. I see that a lot with brides. It's like, unless you're like a very naturally crafty gal or -hmm. guy. And you have a huge wedding party, multiple bridesmaids that are like there to help you. I don't know how – I just know myself and I would feel so stressed. And then that would would kind of ruin it all for me. Yeah. Yeah, it nearly did. Right. And you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? And it's like, of course, in the beginning, you see the sticker shock and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. this is crazy. Like eight to $15,000 for flowers. Yeah. I remember I had a friend who was getting married. Now, this was 2013, 12, 13, doesn't matter. She was having like an 800-person wedding. She's um, Chaldean. So she like, cool. that's just they have very large weddings. And she told me the budget of her flowers. And I said, $15,000? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. I said, 50. I go, are you? Yeah. Like, my jaw was, like, on the floor. I couldn't yeah. even, like, comprehend I know. That. If you're a bride like, and you're planning. What are you talking about? You know that, like, that beautiful, super lush look, like, that's going to cost you so much money because it's not just, like. So much money. <laughs> like, the the you see it and you're like, cool, it's a flower. It's an arrangement. But no, you have to strip every piece of eucalyptus from halfway down. You have to cut all the buds in certain lengths and everything. You have to trim them all. That that all just takes – and I was chatting with somebody – um, on, I can't remember her name. I was talking with somebody who just got engaged on on Instagram. She's an influencer, and she was sort of like fielding like, "Has anyone done their own flowers?" And I was chatting her for a while, and she was like, "Yeah, I just you know I tend to take on too much, and I'm feeling like this is the mm. time where I shouldn't." And I was like, "Take it from me, don't like I would have rather just you know spent a year 
giving some of my paycheck to paying off the debt for having a little bit more peace of mind mind. and a more enjoyable. And like my husband helped everybody that was, you know, again, when I, I use flower moxie and they are very much like, do not do this unless you have a tremendous amount of help. And Sam, I still was like, I'm gonna do it myself. (laughs) It was like, give you all the warnings. They're like, please, alarms, like, do not do this. And you're like, I think I'm gonna do it. As long as you have like five sets of hands, you can make, you know, a fun time of it. But, you know, if it's really important to you to feel really calm and you're somebody who's Mm -hmm. prone to anxiety, I really would would consider like, I think it's like, you know, you're like, oh, but it's not worth it. But you just have to think about the value is not just the flowers. Like that's Mm -hmm. the thing with weddings. Like the value of the things you're purchasing are not just the value of the thing or even the service. It's the value that it's providing you as a bride and your wedding experience like overall. Um, So it's like, it's not just the price that you're seeing. It's really easy to be like, oh my God, that's not what flowers are worth. That can't possibly be that hard to stick them all in the thing. It's like, actually that's the price it's worth for me to just relax and be a chill bride. And enjoy your day that you've been working so hard and spending so much money on planning. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I know for me, I'm so anxiety prone that like I... I was I would just be like, please. I, I don't yeah. even have the bud like I don't have a budget. Granted, I'm not engaged. Yeah. Um so everyone who listens to this podcast knows. But um <laughs> I, I have to make fun of myself a little yeah. bit. Okay. You're manifesting harder than anyone. You know what? I really <laughs> am. And I've been told by multiple empaths so I'm a very strong manifester. So mm. Mm. I've got my eye on this price. Any day. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. When I told my boyfriend I was doing this podcast, he was that's like, what? So funny. <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? Yeah, that's um, hilarious. I was like, don't panic. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com betches. And what is something that you did do that you're like, you want brides to be like, this is what you should do? Like, the like, what is your advice mm-hmm, to them? Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess like I, I was able to – so the flowers obviously seem like, oh, that's such a creative thing. Like, of course, that was a use of your creativity. But, you know, right. I, I was able to have 
a little bit of extra time. Like on the last podcast, I talked about how I wanted to do, you know, a couple like creative personal touches that were very, very like specific to us. Um, and it, I specifically made like time for that. And it was like the best part of our wedding. Like I really enjoy like I the welcome table with like these memes I made about my husband and like we made these campaign stickers. I was I was taking so many more pictures of those and the people wearing the campaign buttons than I was of the flowers. Like I really didn't even notice. I was like, I okay, there are flowers here. Great. Like it's a wedding, there yeah. are flowers, flower, flowers are pretty. So if you're doing a lot of DIY or you are kind of having somebody else or a company handle a lot of your wedding, I really found the process of just doing something super cute and super us and really funny to be like, make it feel really mine. Because weddings, I've never been like, I, I didn't grow up like thinking about myself as a bride. I, I'm i not obsessed with them. I'm not the person when you mm-hmm. tell me like, I'm engaged. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm just not the person being like, oh my God, tell me everything. I am a little bit more yeah. of a bride now because <laughs> I want to be helpful. Um so being able to like do the things that were more about me and Mike as people than me and Mike as bride and grooms was definitely something I'm really glad that I that I had time to do. Like, you know, the, the, the seating chart, like just random little things on the welcome table, like making them really, really personal was actually much more rewarding than I thought when I was planning it out. And what's like a more personal thing for you specifically than doing memes? You're like a meme queen. Exactly, exactly. And they were like – you know, very specific to Mike. And so people got them. It was just me roasting Mike. Our whole wedding was just me roasting I Mike. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And our seating chart was, um, you know us, we're Canva girls. We can, we know our way around Canva. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I Canva, made, uh, you're Canva graduates. Absolutely. Canva yeah. scholars. <laughs> Canva school of graphic design. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I made a seating chart that had like all the tables were all the buildings that we had that I had lived in in New York. And so some of them, some people had a personal connection to their their mm-hmm. um, table building, but if they didn't, they didn't know that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the welcome table with all of the very personal touches was much more like rewarding to me than, you know, having a beautiful centerpiece. Yeah. So you mentioned that you had like, it was 60 people. 57, I think. Yeah. 57 people. Because if you're someone who's listening and you want like a smaller wedding, which I mean, 60 people, 57 people, still a good amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you decide or like, did you have any trouble with people who were like, oh, like, how did I not get my invite or like, did, did I yeah. miss it? Did you send to the wrong address? Like, yeah. how did you navigate that? I think we sort of, we had, and this was controversial, but we, we didn't oh do God. cousins. Um, we invited aunts and uncles. We just sort of were like, for us, our wedding was just, you know, it's it's a party for us and our friends and our close family. We didn't really see it as like this big joining of families where, you know, this mm-hmm. is the one time in life where everybody's going to meet. I think that's awesome and super fun, but we just, we wanted to keep it smaller. We wanted to keep it in New York. It's just like, to be honest, like, I'm not close with my cousins. Like I'm much closer to yeah. my friends and the same with Mike. Um, we were... I could tell that my husband's parents were not thrilled that cousins were not invited. We had we had been invited to cousins' weddings. Um, you know, their parents were coming. We did invite – he had one cousin who lived in the city. And I was like, I'm not going to – like, if her parents are going to come here, she's coming to the wedding. Like, a yeah, local cousin. Yeah, especially if she lives in the city, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to deprive, you know, her of spending time. It just made sense. I just, you know, most of his relatives yeah. were, were far out. And then one of my cousins ended up coming because my aunt brought her – as a plus one. So that was sort of a, okay. a decision that people didn't like super understand, but it ended up cutting like 20 people. But it just depends how you look at your wedding. Like for me, it was very personal. And I just, I didn't understand why I would have somebody who I don't see ever, or I never speak to, or is not close to me there. So yeah, um, I think we were very much like, yeah, it's not gonna be a problem. My parents didn't really care, but I think Mike's parents were a little like, oh, like I, I think maybe some of the cousin's parents, like their siblings were like, okay. That's a choice, but yeah. we we felt really strongly about it. We were just like, yeah. it's gonna get that. If you've probably listeners probably know this too, like once you decide to cut cousins, you're cutting a lot of people, especially if you have you know your parents have multiple siblings, right? And I mean that guest list adds up so fast, and yes. you don't even realize like you're you're just at like immediate family, and you're like, oh my god, I'm already like right. forty five people because you have to kind of cut genres of people because you're like, right. I can't cut one cousin or I can't cut like one of my work friends. So like I didn't have really many work friends at all. I had mm-hmm. Millie and Elise who are my podcast co-hosts and are so much more than work <laughs> friends. They're very very dear friends of mine. 
Um, so, but like from other places, I, well, I invite some, I had like another tier of work friends who I invited after some people couldn't come and they definitely, I could just tell from their responses were the type of people that were like, if you get a late invite, say no, which I, I respect, I respect. So we, I think we ended up like under our original headcount, but yeah, we just didn't really have work friends. I only had two work friends. So like when you're cutting off cousins and work friends, you're cutting out so many people. My, my husband has not one work friend. <laughs> That's such... I mean, but that's so hard. And I get that a lot. Like people always write in and they're like, how do I navigate this guest list? Because like my mother-in-law is, you know, paying for half the wedding. So she feels like she's entitled to this. And it's so so complicated and it brings out so many different sides of people's personalities. Yes. Um, We fortunately paid for the wedding, mostly ourselves. And we got Mm -hmm. some help from my parents very generously paid for about, I'd say, a third of it, which is huge. I mean, we could not have had the mm-hmm. wedding that we had um, without that. But they were obviously not the set of parents that were concerned about the cousins. <laughs> and Mike's parents paid for a yeah. beautiful, beautiful rehearsal dinner. Um, but yeah, like we 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 paid for the wedding mostly ourselves, so that that was definitely not a factor of like, okay, well then we need you know to have make sure my mom's friend. Like my my mom doesn't have friends. I don't have many friends. <laughs> my husband doesn't have work yeah. friends. We you know we keep to ourselves. <laughs> Did any of your non-negotiables change that you had in the beginning? I don't I don't think so. Um no. No. I mean, we were able to keep everything. I think, you know, as things arose that mm-hmm. people would be like, "Oh, but this is the thing that people normally have." We would be like, "Oh shit, do we have to have that?" Um and then we were able to to sort of like just prioritize what we what we really wanted. My main concern mm-hmm. was that like I just didn't want it to look like a blank space. So like, right, because you got married and it was outdoor and indoor. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. and it was a super blank space, so so we had to bring in everything. But yeah, I don't think my non-negotiables changed until after the wedding, when I non-negotiably would have had someone else do my flowers. <laughs> yeah, when you're like, maybe I should have rethought that a little bit. Yes, yes. Um. So tell me about the day. Yeah. Like, I want to know, like, how did you feel? Like, your dress was beautiful. Thank I you. loved it. Tell me about it. Yeah. So listeners of my first podcast will remember that like my main concern about the day of was managing my anxiety. And I will let them know that I failed spectacularly at that as I have been sort of getting at. But that's kind of like what I want to – that's why I want to talk about it because it's like I I was really anxious all day. And it it honestly took me like uh, uh, until now, until recently to just sort of like honestly kind of like forgive myself. For being that anxious. Like, for instance, like I didn't drink for the four months up until the wedding. I drank here and there, like for a birthday or at a bachelorette party, but like mainly I did not drink. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you do that, your tolerance changes dramatically. And by the time our welcome drinks came along, like I knew I was gonna have a drink or two with welcome drinks. I knew I was gonna drink at the wedding. And everybody, even my even my coordinator, Evelyn, she told me like a couple months into my not drinking thing, she was like, if I, you should drink. <laughs> like I've seen brides do this you before. She was like, you, I am prescribing you a glass of wine, a couple glasses of wine a week because I don't want your tolerance to get like so crazy that you black out at your wedding. Like she's like, yeah. told, she was like, tells me, she's like, it's always okay. That was so great about her. It's like, she would warn me about things that could happen while also mm-hmm. recognizing like, if this does happen, I don't want Amanda to freak out. So moral of the story, my tolerance for alcohol was extremely low and I was extremely stressed and not eating much because I was just doing flowers. And just yeah. by the time I finished the flowers and it was time for the welcome drinks and to see everybody, I think I just was so ready to just like get loose and like, you know, mm-hmm. let off steam. And that I just like, I got so drunk <laughs> the night you of my it. welcome drinks and then my rehearsal dinner. I mean, I mean, normally like, you know what they say about martinis, like one isn't enough. Oh. Or, martinis are like boobs. Like one isn't enough. Three is too many. Mm-hmm. Two is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I, saying that I realize that's definitely an ableist saying, but it, but it's a saying. I had three that's martinis. That's also a quote from Dorinda Medley. <laughs> it, precisely. <laughs> iconic. Yes. So I had three <laughs> and then I thought I only had a glass of wine at the rehearsal mm-hmm. dinner. And then Mike told me that they were just refilling a goblet that I had the whole time. I, I didn't know that. Oh and so God. like- I don't remember much of the rehearsal dinner. I was just so – when okay. I get drunk, I actually don't eat. I get really like – I'm just chatting. I just am talking to everybody. You're like – you're a social butterfly. Absolutely. You are just flying around. Oh, my God. I'm the exact same way. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah, you want everyone to like feel seen. Yeah. And so 
I normally like when I have something, you know, I'm looking forward to or to be anxious about, I wake up constantly at night. Like you think about your wedding night and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be up every five hours. We're going to be like, oh my God, how do we fall asleep? I don't, I don't remember getting home, like head against the pillow. All I remember is waking up at 555, like, oh my God, I've never felt worse in my life. Like, (gasps) you know, it was that type of hangover. Like, Oh, it was no. that type, like a worse. And it was wine you were drinking. It was wine and vodka martinis. I actually, yeah, so I've you're had feeling worse, rough. I've had worse hangovers where the type were like, I sound terrible, but like the type where you're like, you can't even drink water. And these oh, are yeah. always the type we all know. These are the type you get when you're anxious and not eating enough, which like yeah. was not intentional up into the wedding. I was not. We can talk about that too, but I I was not at all interested in being hungry leading up to my wedding. Like I took great care of myself. I ate great. I worked out. I felt amazing, but I was not interested. Like I was not hungry on purpose. So yeah. I just like, as soon as I woke up and, you know, I get really bad anxiety. I was just like, I oh, do too. Yeah. oh no. And I just was locked into that physical anxiety and physical discomfort and like panic attack, like pretty much the whole oh. day. Oh yeah, my God. I know it, it. It was tough, and like, as soon as I woke up, you know, I still had more flowers to do. So it was just, it's, I've had like bouts of anxiety attacks since then. Mm-hmm. That I, I realized like, there was nothing I could have done. Like, I think I don't actually think it was the hangover. Like, I think it was just the day of it all. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm like a houseplant. Like, you move me, you move me out of my environment, and I cannot. I cannot even. So I I was pretty hungover, but I was feeling pretty rough. It could have been worse, but I think, and maybe you do this too if you have anxiety where I was just, or anxiety, I was getting more anxious over my anxiety than I was even anxious. Like I was worsening the anxiety symptoms just by bugging out about it. Mm -hmm. And I just could not relax. And, you know, I am on SSRIs like every other person, you know, with eyes and a brain in 2022. But Mm -hmm. I don't, I've, I don't, I've been down an uh, interesting road with like benzos and other things before, and they're not something that I can have in my life, but mm-hmm. I really wish I had. <laughs> like, I really wish I had gone to my doctor and been like, can I just have, you know, one Xanax for the day? Like, I yeah. I didn't want to do hair of the dog, and it also wasn't helping, but like, my sister just got married, and she did that, and she's way less anxious, and her like husband did that. And I was like, oh yeah, everybody, everybody does this. Like if you're prone to anxiety and you have access to, you know, you, you know that that works for you. I would definitely put it on the table, especially if you were in a situation where you weren't able to like really do everything that you normally do. I mean, people with anxiety know, like you do everything you can to not need, to not need, you know, outside help. Uh, You go to therapy, you work out, you take your meds, but like sometimes you just can't manage the anxiety attack. So if you know that's you, I would, Try to have tools for the day. Well, and when you're not in a situation where you wake up and you have the whole day to just rest and recoup <sighs> and just like in your own house, you're in your own bed or whatever. Fortunately, it's I like, was in my own bed, but it was still rough. I got ready at my apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean like – but for the rest of the day, you know Ugh. like, okay, I'm going to be out. I'm going to have to be on. Exactly. I'm going to have to basically perform – Yes. For these 57 people and, you're working and I'm getting up. married. Mm-hmm. Like I would do the same thing. I would work myself up because I would just the anxiety just because it's like that's not how you want to feel exactly. that day. And you're just like disappointed maybe. Absolutely. I was so mad at myself. Like it took a lot of people in the morning because I my makeup artist was there and Mike's mom came mm-hmm. and my mom came and like they just were very much like this doesn't always, they're just like, you relax. Like there's nothing you can do. And like, imagine being, having so much physical anxiety and then having to sit while someone lines your eyes, like for two hours, like it was just so much. And so it just was a lot of spending the day of like, everyone's like, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. I felt a lot better. Like when my, when my sister came and I just like saw her, but it was, it got a lot better, you know, once we were there and like the vows were done, but you're right. Mm -hmm. I was just working myself up over the fact that this was not how I wanted to feel. The thing that helped me the most was remembering that my best friend who had gotten married, like incredible destination wedding in the South of France, like like the day of their lives for like them and their whole family. She had told me, she was like, I was so hungover. We were so hungover. And I just remember her being so joyful with the day, like it never occurred to me. And, and she's obviously a different person who could manage her mm-hmm. hangover emotions better, but that helped me too. And that's why I say it here too, where it's like, 
I, I just kept saying to myself, like, don't make feeling bad. Like, don't feel worse over feeling worse. Like, this is how yeah. it is. Just experience Like, don't beat it. yourself up. you got to give yourself exactly. some grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it took you me, really like I do. said, a couple, like, four months to six weeks after that to be like, like other just stressful things that would happen in life. And I would have something similar to be like, you know, Amanda, this was probably going to be how you felt no matter what the day of. You probably didn't mm-hmm. help yourself, like do yourself any favors by accidentally drinking too much, but it was not the end of the world. Nobody noticed. Everyone had a great time. I think I was going to be very anxious anyway, but I started the day in in a bit of a state. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. were fighting for your life. So. I was truly fighting for my life. I could not keep yeah. food down. Like not just because oh of the anxiety. Like, I, again, I think the anxiety was more like – was more just being nervous about the whole thing then and making sure I mean, everything got there. I mean, it's scary. You're planning something for months and months and it's finally there. You're not feeling how you thought you would feel. It's like it's just – it's everything. Amplified. So how did the rest of the wedding go? Like, did I'm trying to think of when I started to feel better. I think like after the vows is when I was just sort of like, okay, like I ju- I don't have to do anything else. Like I just you have could to breathe sit a here. little bit. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the wedding went perfectly. Like I think the more did you distance have a DJ? I have, yes, our DJ was her name was Mariko. I hired her through like a very New York City, you know, like queer, like LGBTQ friendly. We're not a queer couple, but like very feminist, you know, basically you hire them because you're like, you know, no, no R. Kelly, no Michael Jackson. Um, yeah. No, I didn't want any Drake because I think it's creepy that he texted, that he texts teenagers. Just they, they already knew the roster. Like I started telling them mm-hmm. like, no, no, we know. So um, they were, she was amazing because she was an amazing person to work with as a person with anxiety because she just, she, she went through like how, for example, we were like, we want a huge dance party. We want the dance floor lit. Here are our favorite mm-hmm. songs. And she was sort of like, okay, I get that these are your favorite songs. And these are the songs you like to sort of bop to. People don't know these songs. So it was a really sort of like, I want to give you, she was great about being, I want to give you the music that you want while also giving you the dance party that you want. And she helped us kind of find kind of a music vibe that was in the middle of kind of the, the artists we like with having an mm-hmm. actual dance party. What was your music vibe? It was pretty like for me. It's sort of like for the girls and the gays. It's like a lot of Taylor, um, a lot of Carly oh, Rae Jepsen. Yes, yes, and Mike. Okay, the girls, the gays, and Mike <laughs> because he likes Selena that Gomez. too. Exactly, a lot of that. Yeah. Like nine to five. Um, you know, they she gave the our DJ gave the great advice to um throw in some uh, Bruno Mars because that's like a good a good bridge and people it's were a great wedding song. Yeah, one interesting thing is that she. We talked a lot about whether or not we were going to do the horror, and she was just very oh, okay. frank about how it's a lot of moving parts. Like you know, you got to have the chairs, and you got to get the napkins, and you got to make sure everyone's there, and the timing. Yeah. And she kind of honestly talked me out of it, and and I was like, forget it. I I just I don't I don't want to have to be thinking about this. Like I want to be done mm-hmm. thinking by then. Yeah. Um. And then, but I was like, you know, I. I think you should be prepared for one of our friends or one of Mike's friends to be like, we want to lift them up in some chairs, which did happen. Yeah, like you didn't want to have to be in charge of that. (laughs) Right, right. So the plan, I was like, we cannot have it on the schedule. We're not going to dedicate a time to it. But if it's spontaneous, are you able to accommodate it? And she said yes. Um, And that's that's what happened, Um, you know into our dance party, like, you know, a couple of Mike's friends, like, we really want to lift you up in chairs. And I said, you just have to talk to Mariko about it, like get her permission. And it was honestly the best, like, made me so grateful that I had her because it was the best. It was my favorite part of the night. It's people say it's scary. I think it's really fun. (laughs) You're so high up. Um, everyone's you're literally being launched. You. You're being launched. Yeah. Everyone's running in circles around you. So it's really the only time you're actually able to really look at everybody. You don't yeah. realize how high up you are going to be. Like I felt like I was on an amusement park ride. So that was the thing I appreciated about her the most, not only just like making our list, but she was able to like, if you live in the New York area, I would recommend them too, because she just, she recognized that I didn't want any surprises and she was able mm-hmm. to sort of find, you know, provide what we wanted and also leave room for a little bit of spontaneity. And mm-hmm. I was so appreciative about that. And people danced Yeah, all that's night. amazing. Did you – I have to ask, did you drink at your reception? Yes, yes. Not okay. a ton. You're Not like, yes, ton. absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I think I was probably like a little bit drunk at like one point. It's very yeah. funny because my mom – my mom is like – she's just always like, just have another drink. <laughs> she, like, she thinks that just helps. And I'm like, mom, it doesn't always help. It's funny because I kept being like, 
I think at a certain point they realized that what they should they should give me very weak martinis. And because okay. so because like also when I'm a little bit nervous, I tend to just like need something. So I just drink a lot of Diet Cokes like whenever I wanted another drink. But then, you know, mm-hmm. what I felt like I got to the point where I was like completely done. Um, yeah, I definitely drank, but I, I don't think I was drunk. I, I might have been a little drunk at like one point, but I had been sufficiently scared off <laughs> by 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 the night before. Yeah. I mean, the rehearsal dinners can get you like. Because you're so no, excited and like exactly. everyone's there. It's like the first night and it's like, it's like you, you have 47 yeah. Pinot Grigios and you're like, oh my God, am I okay? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No. And the answer is no, you're not. Yeah. You're I not was okay. not hungover and, the next day, fortunately. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. Did anything go wrong the day of? I mean, besides like- Not feel like feeling, amazing. Yeah. Right. Like logistically, planning wise, were you ever like, oh my God, I should have done this or I shouldn't have? I think that if anything went wrong, then my coordinators, Evelyn and Lauren, did an incredible job of making sure I didn't see it. The one major thing that like – and like once the day is done, you have such a great time. And I'm going to make that clear. I loved my wedding. I had an amazing time. It was everything everything we wanted. It was worth every every penny and, and all the stress. My grandpa was giving a blessing. He's 90 and he was going to give a blessing at the ceremony. Like we didn't do, I'm Jewish. Mike's Chinese American. I wanted to sort of have like our hashtag was gin and Jews. We wanted to have like, we were going to have a rabbi do be the officiant, but like honestly, they were really expensive. (laughs) I was like, I know that's not in the budget. So we just had Mike's best friend do it, but we wanted to have my grandpa do a blessing. He's really old. I wanted him to be part of it. He's really the patriarch of our patriarch of our whole family. And so he was already, I don't, nobody really told me how nervous about it he was. I really wish that they had, because as a person who gets nervous, the last thing I want to do is make anyone else nervous. Oh my gosh. So I guess he was a little nervous about it. You know, you know, you have grandparents and you idolize them your whole life and you don't really realize how old they get. Like, we were like, I don't want you to do the seven blessings. Let's pick one. And he was mm-hmm. like, okay, but you know I have to memorize it because I can't see. I can't read. I was like, I, no, that never occurred to me. So the, he was already a little bit nervous about it. And then I don't know what happened if they were – they had he and his girlfriend had the wrong time for the ceremony. Oh, no. They had the wrong time. They thought oh. it started at 5. It started at 4.30. And – you know, you usually start your ceremony at like just 10 minutes late to give people some time. And so as yeah. we were getting ready to go, Evelyn, she's like, so your grandpa's not here. I told everyone, I think you probably want to get started because she knew I was, I was like, I just want to get out there. Like yeah. our pictures didn't take that long. It really was just a lot of waiting around. And so I got much more like, I was such a little brat about it. I was like, yes, if he's not here, we're just going to go. Like the man, it was not his fault. They got stuck in traffic. He's 90 years old. So I think that like technically went kind of wrong, but mm-hmm. he he got there late. I was very wrapped up in my vows, so I didn't notice him come in. I just know it really stressed him out and like like it was traumatizing for him. He ended up oh since he went through all the trouble of memorizing it, we had him do it during the ceremony, which worked perfectly fine. Like it was no difference at all. So I wouldn't even consider that being wrong, except mm-hmm. for that in the ceremony, again, the man you know, 90, not, not the greatest vision at this point. Mike and I's table, we, we had a family table, but they had people do speeches at the front of the room. So they were a a fair distance from us, probably like 12 feet. And, uh, there was one other really blonde person at my wedding. Her name's Ainsland. Gorgeous. So this, I like this story. My grandpa just stared at her the whole time. She's not wearing a white dress. She's wearing like a velvet green, silk green dress. And he definitely, he definitely thought she was me. My mom is sort of like looking around like, what do I do? And, and at that point, he had had such a day that, that we were like, we're not going to correct him. So he delivered the blessing to a wedding guest. And like I said, oh. I was thrilled because this girl was gorgeous and she thought You're it was like, funny. Thank you for thinking that was me. Right. And he was never, never, <laughs> never any of the wiser. But And then we went over to that table and we, we told them, they were like, and they were like, oh my God, we were so confused. He was staring into her soul. <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was. Um. Honestly, it made it like I'm glad that Grandpa was late, just because we have that like funny story. But yeah, I need to apologize yeah. to him when I see him for Hanukkah because I did not know he was that worked up. Like I, my sister got married this weekend, and she was like, "Yeah, we didn't ask Grandpa to do anything because he was so nervous last time." I was like, 
You're yeah, like, like, what? Like, I no, no idea. Me. That, that yeah. breaks my heart. So yeah, I think that's the main oh thing that went God. wrong. Um, some speeches were moved around a little bit. My dad, my dad gave a speech. My dad, like me, is a little bit. He's very anxious and, and quite socially awkward. Not a good, not a super. He did my sisters and was great, but he made like a a slideshow of pictures for mine. And the midway through, the projector fell off the table. Loudest sound. It was really one of those. Like the whole room was like, <gasps> and like especially yeah. me because I was like, my mom was like, he's not going to come back from this. Yeah. She was like, oh, no, the train has been derailed. Absolutely. And then he got it back together, but he was like beat red. And then the speech was sort of all over the place. It was one of those things where it's like by that point, I I had a little bit of a buzz. But I've done – you know, I host this up. We've done the live podcast. I know that the best way – like the best way to make as little as possible from those things is to just move on. Like Mm -hmm. just move on. Like, oh, we broke it. Let's figure it out. Everybody chat, you know. The speech orders were a little wonky. You know, they called, oh, Eric comes. Oh, no, now it's Emily. I I don't really care about those little things. I don't really see those as like going wrong. But there was nothing, there was nothing expensive that went wrong, which was that's good. good. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. Now I can't let you go before we discuss the star of your wedding. Of course. I mean Mordecai Rodham Duberman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't you. It wasn't Mike. It wasn't your grandpa. No. It was a little dog. It was. It was little Morty. He was the star. It was little yeah. Morty. He was in a custom suit. I my tear tears are like for me. <laughs> I find him to be <laughs> the sweetest dog. He's because you guys have to see these pictures. I'll post yeah. them if I have your permission. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I'll send you definitely, out. definitely post post a carousel. The dog is smiling in these photos. Like, he's so happy. This he's dog great. is like, sh- like ear to ear. He's <laughs> smiling. It's so cute. He's in this little suit. I know. And he's in like every single photo. I'm obsessed with he him. He really is in, honestly, like, I'm, I really loved our photographer, but I, I could have used I was a few looking more pictures. Your wedding with, gallery, I and I was like, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's kind of. Like there are some where I look gorgeous. Like that, some of the ones that are my favorite are the one with the dog. And I was a little bit like, um, people were like, "Is he going to be in the ceremony? Is he going to be the ring bearer?" And I was like, "No," because I love this dog so much that I don't want every picture I look at of our wedding for the rest of our life. The dog's not going to live forever. Our dog also, you know, it was especially meaningful because our dog has a lot of health problems and had a really rough summer. A very yeah, he has a paralyzed esophagus. He eats a special way. He got pneumonia three times over the summer. That was so expensive that I had to do my own flowers. So it was also just like a real moment for all of us. <laughs> like we were all there together <laughs> as a family. My grandpa named the dog. He named him Mordecai. I wish we'd gotten a picture oh of them together. God. But It's like yeah. a family. Oh, my God. He's so sweet. So did he – what was his role at the wedding? Um, Just eye candy, just for the photos, just, just as emotional support. And then my dear friend, like – like I said, I didn't ask for friends to help with before the wedding, even though they were constantly offering. I had mm-hmm. so many people doing things for me the wedding day. It was just prior to the wedding, I didn't ask for enough help. So, you know, my friend was able to bring him to his sitter that he loves after. So so I didn't have to worry about that. But Oh, my God. You know, as we're talking, like I realized for me, the reason why I think my wedding was such a big success, even though I felt like shit the whole day, was, you know, for better yeah. or for worse, I'm about the content. And <gasps> Absolutely. Choices Phone had to be made. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Choices yeah. had to be made for me to get the content that I wanted. And if you look at the pictures, you don't know I'm anxious. You would have n- I would have never guessed that. Okay, like perfect. I looked at the photos and I was like, this, that's why you telling me I'm so surprised. Mm-hmm. Because like first of all, you don't look hungover. Thank you. At all. The you makeup look- helped. Yeah, I mean, it's their beautiful photos. Um, I do want to talk to you because you do run Betches Sup, which yes. is is like one it's like an incredible, incredible Instagram. Thank you. And podcast. So how did you in kind of incorporate politics? I know we talked about the memes and stuff, yes. but like is is my I'm sorry, but like is Mike yes, into politics? Definitely. Okay. It okay. was mostly the it was definitely like the memes on the welcome table, but you know, it was mm-hmm. also sort of built into my vows a little bit. Like there were just a few references like in his vows and in my vows, like I made a joke about my vows. Um, I heard. I guess people don't normally clap after vows, but I did get a standing oh ovation gosh. after my vows. Yes, you got a standing. Yes, o. and then people afterwards were like, 
also it's just, you know, some of Mike's friends that like just don't pay attention. They're like, oh my God, like that was really well written. It's like, yes, this has been my career for 10 years. I feel yes. like I hope it is. Yeah. But there was just one reference to like, you know, Mike, the thing about Mike that everybody knows about him, he's like a big debater. He debates about everything. Like he'll, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm ever in New York City and I'm like, oh, you know, I had a joke in mind where I'm like, oh, the, the, like whenever I say the streets are dirty, Mike will explain uh. to me why that is a pro-police point of view and why I am. <laughs> Why I need to, oh why why I support Eric Adams because of the trash. Like he's very good at making that kind of line, like being the worst person on Twitter, but just with me. Yeah. So we worked it in that way. We um we had um I can't remember. I wanted to do because it was before the midterm. So I wanted mm-hmm. to do a card. The one thing I didn't do that I wanted to do was I wanted to have a card box for Democrats that was my something blue. But I just sort of made that, you know, like the fact that it was like featured elsewhere. So it was mainly just, you know, it was worked into some of the speeches. People referenced it. Mike also has worked in like progressive politics. The great thing about my wedding, believe it or not, is that everybody, because I remember when I invited people to tell me like how to incorporate politics, a lot of people very rightly said, don't. It's a wedding. It's family. Yeah, they're like, but- um, there's three things you don't ever bring up and talk yes. about at the dinner yes. table. Yeah. And one of them is being politics. And you're like, but that's like the theme of my wedding. Exactly. I was yeah. like, you know, maybe somebody will like steal. But that's also the thing about, you know, if you don't invite your cousins, you're not really like, is my cousin's friend, mm. you know, have a leaning that is going to where he's going to be that person that like, you know, yeah, brings gonna, up yes. is like, oh, Kamala Harris, huh? Like, I, I knew I didn't have to worry about that. So I think it was just sort of like built into to our vows and stuff about how we're both, you know, addicted to political news and yeah. And political memes and things. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, so you, you should what? I'll I am very proud of the memes, so hopefully you can put them on brides. Um I love that. I saw some photos. I saw there was Kamala Harris. There was yes. I mean there were some good ones. Um so you're one of your biggest things was the food. Yeah. So tell me about the food that you actually ended up going with, that you mm-hmm. actually ended up eating. What was what was it like? It was great. It was everything that we wanted. I mean, I think that honestly, like if you – I would suggest – and my, my catering company did everything right, and I think there's only so much that you can do. But if you are very particular about the temperature of foods, then I would choose things that are that are good room temperature, like a pasta mm. salad, like a potato salad, like – I'm just very particular about certain things, like things that are supposed to be hot, I cannot eat cold. I don't think my guests are like that, but like there were some things where it's like all I wanted was, you know, something to be hot and it it was just like room temperature and it still tasted good. But if that's something that really bothers you or you have a a family member who you think is going to like pitch a fit about it, which like none of ours did, I would sort of think in that direction. Everything tasted amazing. It was like, it was what I wanted, which was that you know, I wanted it to taste like you went out to a nice restaurant in New York City, and it did. And for them mm-hmm. to pull that off for 60 people is bananas. You know, we got, you know, we wanted some cultural touches. So we had, you know, we had latkes, um, and then we had some like Asian American appetizers. We did a buffet. I don't really know. That worked perfectly for us. Mm-hmm. I guess technically plated is like a little bit fancier, but we we had a lot of success with that. We had plenty of food. We definitely did like, you know, we did pretty basic wedding food, but, you know, like chicken, steak. Uh, we had some. Yeah. One thing that I, I think it's nice to check with is like, you know, a lot of people that don't drink don't eat, you know, like red wine braised um, short ribs. So that right. was – we had a couple guests that fell into that category. So we wanted to be, you know, mindful of that. But again, we had dish foods and everything like knocked it out of the park. Like it was, an, it was incredible. Everything was delicious. Again, it like – it tasted like fancy New York City food, and and that's what I wanted since that's where most of the budget went. And everybody yeah. got very drunk. I love that. Yeah. You know, they raged. <laughs> exactly. They raged. Yeah, yeah. Next, we are going to move on to our Bride's Help Desk segment. So this awesome. is the bride is in crisis, and she writes in and – you basically help her and guide her. Yes. So let good. me read this submission to you and then we can kind of give them our advice. Hi, Betches. I'm six months out from my wedding and we are trying to finalize the events of the weekend. The wedding is local for my future husband's mom's family, but is a destination for my family and his dad's side. We want to spend as much time with all of our out-of-town family, but are struggling with the logistics of how to make it all happen. The wedding is going to be about 130 people with kids invited because my future mother-in-law demanded it. We want to do a rehearsal dinner with the bridal party and immediate family. 
only to my future mother-in-law's dismay, she wants her family there too. Followed by welcome drinks. We looked at the having this welcome party hosted at our rental house, but we plan to host this after party there, and it wouldn't make sense to try to clean and set up for the second party the following day. So then we looked at hosting it at a wine bar or a boat cruise to give a unique experience, but that's so much money. Us and both of our families are already spending so much money on the actual day that it's getting hard to make decisions about these additional weekend events. When I try to talk to my sister about this, she doesn't see the need for any of the additional events. What are your thoughts? Are we trying to do too much? And is there a more affordable way? Thanks for all your help, a bride and planning crisis. That's like, oh, that's such a good point because you like, you're just thinking about the day and then you're like, mm-hmm. okay, but everybody has a welcome drinks. And in our situation, it made sense to do an after party. I feel like, like if your mother-in-law wants to pay for everybody to do it, she's more than welcome. Like if you, if the bride, especially if like you're going by tradition and the bride is paying for the wedding, the bride's family is paying for the wedding. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a question if if Mike's family would handle the rest of the stuff. And I don't know if that's the situation here, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, as they were talking, it's like, it sounds like the mother-in-law wants another event that's like almost the whole wedding. And it's like, can't she just be satisfied with the wedding? Right. Yeah. It's tough. I mean. That's so tough. And it's tough because it's like, you never want to be like mother-in-law bashing. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at trying to keep their intimate things with her family and their friends, but also add something else. So what I'm gathering is that they want to do a rehearsal dinner with the bridal party immediate family, but now she's adding her family there. And then they are doing welcome drinks. So they're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out um, like where to do the welcome party. Should Mm -hmm. they do the welcome party? There's going to be welcome drinks. Like what? There's just mm-hmm. a lot, and she's just saying, like, "Yeah, am I doing too much?" Yeah, we did not pay for people's welcome drinks. Um, maybe that's like I, I've been to weddings where people did, but we just didn't have. Okay, here's the thing: we didn't have the type of friends who would give a shit. And if you do, who cares? Like my my philosophy is: do not like get so anxious about one miserable person. Saying mm-hmm. something shitty during your wedding about something they didn't like, because I don't think they're going to hold that against you forever. Um, if they do, you don't need to. You've got. Yeah, you don't. Really uh, need you're it. never going to please this person anyway. Right. So I really would say do what's best for you. I really, I, we had like to be really candid. Like we had more money to spend on our wedding than we did. Like we just had a lot of conversations about what we wanted from our future and when we were going to look at buying a home and we live in New York city and where we wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And we just, it just didn't make sense for us to, to ball out in that way. And like, just really hold on to that. Like, remember, this is about future you too. This is about future financial you too. And Mm -hmm. not wanting to like, you know, further burden yourself so that this woman like has something else to do that day. She, it's her family. She can, she can figure something else out. Like it's not, you're not, this is what I think is important is that like neither you nor your maid of honor is necessarily has to be the social chair of the whole wedding. Like you have some things you're supposed to do, but like people are grownups. They can do it themselves. I say like, as long as you're not like, I mean, if, if you're excluding the entire it sounds like she's not excluding all of the mother-in-law's family, just like extended family. That's right. fine. That's fine. That's just how it has to be. Again, like we had that issue with our cousins and on this, Mike's parents were not like – they were just sort of like, oh, that's a choice. They were not, nothing like that. But right. think about future you and like you're going to have to make some – there's no good choice. Remember that. But like yeah. don't put yourself into financial ruin over somebody else's preferences. Like it's not worth it. And I don't think you should put yourself in – financial ruin over the anything fact that at the you, wedding yeah and just trying to make it a, like a unique experience like you don't right. have to do that no one expects that yeah um like for my friend's wedding it was they up north in michigan and we just had like an outdoor welcome party the night two nights before the wedding that was just like hot dogs and hamburgers and everyone got to mix and mingle the bridal parties and stuff and like that was it and we went to bed like mm-hmm. it really doesn't have to be more than that. I don't think I just think like doing almost like here's the thing. And I people have said this on the podcast before. And I think it's great advice is like if it's a destination type of wedding, which right. from what she said is it is you don't 
people don't want you to add more to their to-do list. That's a very good point. Like they don't want their itinerary to be jam-packed. They're like on vacation. They think they're doing a getaway. They don't want to be like, okay, now we got to go on the boat cruise and then we got to go to this place. And then that's we gotta so go. true. That's a lot. And you, you know, it. so it's like I, I would that's such a good point. Like you're like, think about how accommodating your mother-in-law's requests could impact your other guests. Like mm-hmm. that's so true. Like when I've gone on things, like I, if I'm going to a destination wedding, I'm taking off work. I'm making a trip out of it. I don't want to do mm-hmm. – I don't want to just be on your your schedule. And like I said, like right. not we have chill friends, but like nobody's gonna like nobody really batted an eyebrow that like they had to pay for their drinks at our welcome drinks. We didn't even like discuss it. Like it wasn't like a yeah, maybe one asshole is gonna be like, oh, oh, you need my card, but who cares? That's not gonna matter for the rest of your life. Like it's fine. no, it's in this big scheme of things, like I always think like, will it even will it matter two years from now? Probably not. Yeah. And it is not so. like your mother-in-law has a role to play in keeping your relationship with her good as well. It is not all you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really powerful. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Tell everybody where they can follow you, get more of you. Uh, so you're probably going to want to follow Morty <laughs> at the Upright Dachshund on King. Instagram. But I'm at Amanda Duberman everywhere, and my face is all over SUP. Listen to the Betcha SUP podcast. Uh, right now we're doing every day, but we're probably going to scale back to be on a little bit more manageable schedule for folks. We talk about politics, but also we're talking about pop culture and just sort of like we talk about politics, and some days that means, you know, talking about what's going on in the Senate, and some days that means roasting Elon Musk. We have fun. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you guys, everyone for listening. Make sure you rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Samantha Bush, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Samantha Bush. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at Betches.com. Batches.